Hello everybody, welcome to the second episode of AWE, Art Without Ego, the podcast. I am your host, my name is Lucci. Uh, for those who don't know, that's spelled L-U-C-C-I, stands for listening, understanding, caring, considering, inquiring, and I have another guest this week. Because this is the place where we check the ego at the door and we allow art to consume us to the highest degree for the best possible reasons. And I say all that to introduce a very dear spirit that I know. And her name is Jennifer. How you doing, Jen? Hi. How's it going? I'm good. <laughs> Um, now I forget, do you prefer Jen, Jenny, Jennifer, or what? I prefer Jen. Okay. Um, but wait, you have another nickname, don't you? Like, mm-hmm. how many nicknames do you have? Um, total of three. Two usually are the most used. Yeah? The third one I don't really use too often. Okay, which one's your personal favorite? Wrong button. Wrong button? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get that one? Right. Um, so I used to... When I was in college, I used to play a lot of like, you know, computer games. We had like a gaming club attached to our anime club. So I used to, pretty much whenever we were on like either the computer or just like any game console, I'd end up saying, oops, wrong button. And it just became a thing of when something would happen or something wrong happened, they'd be like, wrong button strikes again. And yeah, so it just kind of stuck and I didn't mind. Oh man. I loved it. That's hilarious. Um, well, you know, um, like I said in the first episode, everybody, uh, this is, you know, we just jump into it. We start talking. And this is based off of my Facebook group. Again, it's AWE, stands for Art Without Ego. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's not about us. I mean, it is, but it's more about the art. Because when our physical bodies are long gone, the art that we create will still be here because we've impacted people's lives in one way, shape, or form. And that's what this is about. So, wrong button. Yes. (laughs) You're probably the only person I'll ever get to call that, so I'm gonna enjoy this very, very much. (laughs) Have a blast. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself. So, I originally was an art major, Mm -hmm. Um, not just like, you know, drawing, painting, but also music, as well as, I did some dance, but my favorite form actually is just reading Mm -hmm. a lot. I didn't really like to read when I was a kid. I hated it. I thought it was, you know, like any other child, Mm -hmm. boring, waste of time, I'd rather go outside and play. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, the first time I found a book that actually piqued my interest was the artwork on the book had wolves, and I was just like, ooh, what's that? (laughs) And so after that, I kind of got sucked into the book because it was a fantasy novel, and just after that, I loved reading. Yeah? So. Wow. Do you remember the name of the book? Um, Actually, yeah. It's from the, let's see, Diadium series. Mm. It was the very first book in the series. Um, I honestly don't remember the first 
the name of the first book. Oh, yeah. I remember the Diadem series. And recently, the, when I was a kid, there was only maybe like, I'd have to wait for them to actually come out the next volume. Mm-hmm. So I'd like go to the, what was it then? Barnes and Noble? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was actually a bookstore and go in there and like make a subscription and they'd tell me when the next novel would be ready. And then I'd be able to like go in and pick it up. Yeah. And I double checked and it's still going. <laughs> like even now, there's still novels being released. And I was like, really? oh my God, I have not read them. They're like, uh, what is it, like teen novels? So they're like for like really young adult, like okay, those ones. yeah. Like so, I was, I don't know, sixth or seventh grade. Right. Like, I don't remember how young I was. <laughs> it's been a while. Okay. But I still actually have the books that I originally bought. They're in my room on my bookshelf. How many do you have? Do you think? Uh, six or seven. Okay. Possibly ten. It's been a while since I booked. <laughs> That's a I lot, just, though. I buy a lot of books. I don't yeah. read them all. I just keep getting more. <laughs> I mean, if you love reading, you remind me of Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Like, <laughs> you'd be going to the library to borrow the same book for the fifth time. Probably. You know? <laughs> I've picked up a series before and just reread it. Yeah. A couple times. I mean, hey, I'm that way with movies, so I, I totally get it. You know, yeah. it's like we all have our niche that we can just we never get tired of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Wow, that's really fascinating. Now, tell me about the Diadem series. Like, what is it about it that... You, you mentioned the artwork earlier about the wolves that was on the cover. So, um, the Diadem series is a book series. They're very short books. There's not, not a lot of chapters to it. They're not really that thick. But a lot goes on. So, the majority of the series is about three individual kids two Mm -hmm. boys and one girl they're each from a different world Mm -hmm. and the i believe it's the closer you get to the you can jump from world to world it's kind of like an alternate reality more than like you know earth mars whatever Mm -hmm. it's it's like jumping realities and Mm -hmm. the closer you get to the center of the diadium which is where all the different worlds are Mm -hmm. the stronger magic can be and so the first main character is boy and he's like lives in New York or something. Mm-hmm. So there's like no magic because we're on Earth. Mm-hmm. And somehow he gets transported to an, an, uh, the next world where he meets up with one of the other main characters. I think is a girl. It's kind of like a fantasy medieval like where she lives. And then the next one is a boy whose skin is all blue, and he lives in like a technological world where no one leaves their house. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, what is it? Player One movie. <laughs> Except, like, everyone has a house with a picket fence, but no one leaves their room because they're all in those, like, what is it? Those, like, immersive things. So, mm-hmm. like, no one interacts. Even in family, no one interacts. It's all digital wow. stuff. And so it's, like, it's their journey of, like, actually being, like, key components to magic. And somehow they're tied to the center of the diadium mm-hmm. because they're actually, like, offshoots from the main, like, three strongest magical people and they're just kind of dicking around going I'm stronger than you <laughs> and they're like oh yeah prove it and so they each like split off a piece of themselves and that's where those three characters come from and they're just like okay well that's not nice because <laughs> they find out eventually and then they're just like wait what do we do now because they're going to possibly get reabsorbed and they're like I don't want that I don't mm. want that at all so it it's really it was really interesting and had like you know little like puzzles and stuff in it as you read mm-hmm. and so that was like the first like like time I found a book that I really enjoyed because it made me think and it was very fantasy and I love fantasy now oh yeah yeah okay now about how old were you when you found that 
I don't actually remember. Honestly, it might have been like fifth grade. It was when I was like still in school. So it was before high school. And we had like those like little libraries you have in the school. Yeah. Like the, you, if you remember that. I do. <laughs> and so we had like those, day, like those days when they would have like discounted ones. You could go in and like buy a book or something. Or you had to read them over the summer type ones. And that one ended up being one of the ones I could choose to read over the summer. So I bought it. Mm-hmm. And I mainly bought it because there was wolves on the uh, front page <laughs> of the book. But uh, I actually bought it and then I didn't read it for like two years and then I found it again and went, what the hell is this and I read it and went oh my god this is amazing so <laughs> that's why I don't really remember when because I bought it and then I didn't read it for two years wow <laughs> wow okay well see this is I love I love getting into the psyche of when someone really appreciates something and why and just just listening to you describe what you just described you know, I could hear the enthusiasm in your voice. And, you know, there's no video to this podcast, at least yet, you know. <laughs> Stay tuned in the future, folks. You never know what might or might not happen. But I can see you were grinning from ear to ear the entire time. And that's the kind of things that I enjoy seeing from artists myself. Like, for instance, whenever I've seen an artist perform live, especially musicians, um... You know, there's this, you can kind of tell sometimes if you're really paying attention, there's a zone that they get into, you know, when they're performing. And it's, they're just, they're totally escaped and they're in the moment and they're so present. And that inner peace just resides in them. You know what I mean? And that's the stuff. And so it's like hearing you describe what you just described, I can tell that when you're reading and you're in that land, you're there. That's where your presence and inner peace really comes from, is when you're really in that moment of consuming that kind of art. Yeah. I didn't really understand that. Just one more chapter. Until, like, then. (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing. And then I was like, just one more chapter, just one more chapter. And then I'm like, oh, look, the sun came up. Shit. (laughs) I have school. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Okay. So for those who may be wondering, uh, we are sitting in an outside area, basically under what seems to feel like a very peaceful and calm overpass of buildings <laughs> with a nice walking area. Um, do you come over here a lot? Actually, no. No? <laughs> nope. I know of this area because I drive by it, but I don't actually come over here. Usually because I just want to go home and sleep or read. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> like, yeah, sleep, that's why. Sleeping and reading. Those, Pretty much. Are those your two favorite activities? Pretty much. Okay. I'm a vivid dreamer. I can actually, I'm one of those rare people that dream in color, that dream in sound. I can remember the sensations around me. So usually I can remember the feelings of hot or cold or slight pain or the wind in my dreams. Mm-hmm. So they're very like like very real to me and I also can control my dreams. Mm-hmm. So I, usually it's because most of the time you're like, oh, this is a dream, but yeah. No, no go, go a little deeper in that. I'm curious now. You said you can dream in color. Oh yeah, uh, I've you, never but, really thought about it, but some people say that you can't or that most people don't. 
Right. Okay. Because you, you seem to describe a few different senses there in just terms of dreaming. Oh, I have awesome dreams. I kept a dream journal as a child because I would create little stories from the dreams that I would have. Um, yeah, some of them would take place, um, I'd be on like a dragon's back and be flying over a kingdom. I'd feel the wind and the, uh, damp clouds from around me. And I'd be able to usually feel the motion of the dragon flying as you would like in a car or when you're going over a hill or something like that. So you know the ups and down feelings that you get. Like right. my, I know those feelings so that, you know, when you're getting to like the top of the hill and you're in anticipation getting that crest, yeah. it's like those sensations and those feelings. It's like in my dream, I know they're coming. I know they should be coming. So my brain or whatever, like, is like, okay, so this is how that should feel. This is how that should go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a reflex or if it's supposed to be some kind of like instinct or whatever. But yeah, uh, I've always been able to dream in color, so it never really dawned on me that you're not supposed to. But someone had, or I read somewhere that most people don't dream in color, along with most people don't really remember their dreams. Mm-hmm. But wow. uh, yeah. Okay. Do you ever? When's the last time you think you journaled a dream? Um. Probably a couple nights ago. Uh, usually when I wake up, I'll usually remember it immediately. And if I don't write it down, sometimes I'll forget it completely. Or halfway through the day, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that happened in my dream. <laughs> that was so cool because I'll start daydreaming. And then, like, what I'm daydreaming was what my dream was about. I'm like, oh, hey, that was fun. I should write that down. That was interesting. <laughs> um, wow, that's, that's incredible. Uh, do you have a favorite story that you ever recorded? Like, oh man, this is so awesome. Yeah, the one about the dragon. It's the one where I'm possibly thinking about writing a book about it. Really? Um, yeah. So pretty much it takes place in a kingdom where the ruler, there's humans, but there's also dragons. And the ruler is only chosen with a dragon mm-hmm. so that they kind of keep each other in balance and the ruler can live for a long time as long as the dragon or the dragon can die when the ruler dies mm. depending but whenever the next one will appear the next ruler whether it be the dragon king or the um, queen or whatever that next dragon hatchling will be the one that will be born to be the king or queen or ruler and there's always a human that once that dragon is born is like I guess you would maybe consider like a soulmate, like they're linked. So mm. as soon as that next heir, apparent, becomes real, that one can be like, you know, designated. So it could be like a child, it could be an older person, it could be anyone. Mm. With the markings of the trust of the dragons, like is where that went in my dream. And then there was supposed to be also other candidates too, that to be like the ruler, but then to be like you know, the ultimate, like, you know, the because you know there can usually be like delegates or um, the lower royal nobles and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so there would be a challenge where you'd have to uh, travel to another kingdom in my in my dream it was uh, pretty much a volcano that they would have to like race to for I can't remember what it was exactly but yeah. you'd have to get there complete a challenge and then whoever was the one that completed it would be the one to end up being the um, the ruler Okay. Wow. Wow. That's that I, I have to ask this now. I just out of curiosity. Have you heard of or seen the movie Dragonheart? Uh-huh. Cause I was about to say that sounds very Dragonheart inspired. 
Yeah. No, I've. Uh, did you know that Dragonheart has sequels? I, I knew it had one. Nope, it has like three. None really? of them really follow this actual Dragonheart, besides from the set, this uh, okay. sequel after it. Gotcha. Where the, so there's uh, from Dragonheart, that dragon ends up the, leaving behind an egg that okay. hatches. So that's that sequel. And then there's like two other sequels after that, which have nothing to do with the first two movies. Okay. <laughs> well, I was thinking that, and that's probably why they didn't go mainstream, is because... You yeah. know, they was completely I separation. The sequel, though. That was kinda cute. Yeah. Yeah. Who played I know Sean Connery and Dennis Quaid were in the first one. Who were in this in the second one? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I don't really remember the name of actors and oh, uh, yeah. uh, hard enough name remembering coworkers and regular people. Yeah. <laughs> names. I I have horrible memory when it comes to names. So yeah. No, I, I understand. I have to like Google it. Yeah. Um, no, I understand. Um I mean my memory for actors and stuff it's only because if I hadn't seen so many actors so many of the same actors and actresses in different movies growing up I wouldn't have remembered anybody that's one of the reasons I don't remember a lot of names now is because I only see certain movies with certain people sometimes yeah. whereas growing up a lot of the same actors were in a lot of different movies so you got to learn their names better you yeah know? Um, but I, remember, I saw the original Dragonheart when it was in theaters. Oh, I remember, really? Yeah. That's cool. That I don't was, know if I did. Oh, man. Because I remember it was intense. The, you know, the whole situationship. The situationship. Wow, really? <laughs> that's okay. I've created words too, Max. Yeah. No, that's the thing. It's, it's funny. Like, something has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, but it, it was a situation where, like, kind of like you said, the linked connection between the dragon and the air at that time because yeah. like I remember like I was still very young when that came out it was in the early 90s and so I was so touched by it it was like oh like you know and then there's the big thing that, yeah, I don't, oh man I'm, I'm getting all these visuals now because I haven't seen them in so long but I just it's you know it's a good movie yeah because Sean Connery's got that voice you know like <laughs> did you like him as an actor? Oh yeah, no, like I know who you're talking about. Like that's one of the few actors I actually remember the name of. Oh yeah. Yeah. What other movies did you see him in besides that? If you remember. I don't. No, <laughs> I'm just curious. No, it's totally fine. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I'm just a movie buff, so I'm always curious on uh, what people have and haven't seen. Uh, yeah. No, I have a friend who's a big movie buff. He's uh, always trying to recommend things for me, and I'm like, sure, yeah. I'll add it to my list. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps growing because yeah. uh, I'm busy reading. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, that that I makes try. perfect sense. That. I try, though. So, okay. Now I have to ask, you know, you're, you as a reader, you're a reader. You know, yeah. you're a reader, I'm a watcher. You know, we both love art, but different kinds. Yeah. What is it, because I ask different people this different ways, but I'd like to know your take on this, specifically as a reader. What is it that draws you more into books than to the TV? Well, mainly I can take it with me wherever I go. Nowadays, you can do that with a phone, too. You can, like, have access to anything you want to watch or whatever mm -hmm. that. But whether it be a book or even on the phone reading that way, it's just being able to always have it in hand as opposed to you would need, like, a TV or you would need, like, a DVD player or something like that. Um, because I didn't grow up with phones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not from that age. I'm much older than that. And <laughs> so just always having either a book in hand to be able to read and the places that it can take you. It's like, it's great to be able to see it on screen. I love watching movies. I love watching like anime and other stuff like that and any of those things that you can like get absorbed into. And I do. I do. 
but just being able to like see it in my own like head and just I get sucked into it and I don't even see the words anymore everything just like appears in front of my like brain I guess it's like I just I get like sucked into it like I don't even notice that I'm reading the words sometimes it's like I'll, I'll go chapters and I'll be like wait where did I leave off and I'm like what word was I on what sentence because uh, I like it just played in front of my head so it, it was like watching like being there the entire time wow okay yeah, and I've heard similar things from people. Um, I guess for me, I, I think it all depends on how we each individually uh, take in information and process it, whether it be to inform us, entertain us, or a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just personal resonance, I think. Um, I think it also might... I have ADHD, so it also might yeah. play into that where it's instead of being distracted by like music in the background or characters walking around or what they're uh, saying, what they're doing at the same time, okay. by reading it, like everything's happening in my head. So I don't think I can get distracted by yeah. something is <laughs> happening, but it's just, it's all there and there's nothing else that can distract me because I'm like reading the book, everything's going on in my own head. Like mm -hmm. you could probably be talking to me and I just wouldn't hear you. <laughs> okay, okay. I can see that. Um, wow, this this is really cool. Um, okay, so I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. How would you say? Well, first of all, you said the kind of art that you like. Okay, mm -hmm. reading is your thing. Yeah. Um, how do you express yourself creatively? How do I express myself? Because you said you wrote, you used to write about, you used to journal entry for your dreams. Yeah. But you pretty much said you don't do that anymore. So what do you do? How does Wrong Button express herself these days? So I don't really express myself too much because too busy, life. But um, <laughs> I guess mainly just the collection of books that I get myself, I will offer them to like friends or family or any of those things I just keep buying them and like I have a giant bookcase at home that's actually an entertainment center that has nothing in it except books um so I just I used to play music I used to dance I okay. used to do like a lot of stuff but I'm not as active as I used to be so it's mm -hmm. it's more of just like I buy stuff like books or artwork from uh, like certain uh, novels or any of that kind of stuff and support other artists that way and then I kind of just like decorate my own room with my own stuff because I can look around and I'm like I like that and <laughs> so like I have a couple of different types of pillows a couple of different types of like um, uh, like bedspreads or sheets or something like that that I've like got with like characters from certain like you know um, shows or any other type of stuff like that and it's just like my own like my room is my own little like area where I have all of my stuff that I'm very comfortable with so I express myself with that and I just yeah wow okay um, so I'm really curious you've said that you don't express yourself that much because of life um, but you used to dance and you used to play instruments. Mm -hmm. Now, please, go into what instruments you used to play. Um, when I was in high school, I used to play the drums, the saxophone, and the keyboard slash piano. The keyboard piano, I actually just 
like played by ear. I never actually properly learned how to play it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just properly learned how to play mostly the saxophone. Okay. And the drums were just fun. Okay. Now, was that something that you were inspired to do? Or did you see it someplace? Or were you pressured into it or no? Possibly pressured because <laughs> I think I had to be in music. You know, like back in the day, you had to have like music, art, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like they even had home ec, which doesn't exist anymore, which is bad. Fascinating, um, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we need it more. Anyways, yes. um, so. <laughs> You would usually, when I was in class, you could either choose to learn how to play the drums, the keyboard, um, you could be like a singer or whatever, and, or the saxophone, and so like you had to choose an instrument to learn how to play, and that was part of like the curriculum. Mm -hmm. So I was like, saxophone! Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well... What is? How did you go from instrument to instrument? Like, was it one at a time? Did you do it all at the same time, or what? So the saxophone was the main instrument that I had chosen to learn how to play, but we always had other instruments around. So I wanted to learn how to play the drums a couple of times, and we did classes. So I was able to learn, and I think we had a couple of recitals. So I did some saxophone, and then I would also do some drums, depending on what what was available because if they didn't need a drummer then I'd play the saxophone or something mm -hmm. and uh, the piano was more of just like I played it by ear so I just I was having fun whenever I did stuff I never played it for anything or properly learned but I loved it mm. okay 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 so you, you said you did different instruments now if you could play any instrument that you wanted to now mm -hmm. which one would you choose to play violin really yep and what brings you to that conclusion? Have you ever heard of uh, Lindsey Sterling? The name rings a bell, but I'm not thinking off the top of my head. Look up on YouTube. She has amazing, amazing videos. I've seen her live too, but um, there's just, I love string instruments. I love mm -hmm. a lot of instruments, but just like the range of sound from a violin, it's always like either it can be soothing or exciting or just... It, it just always catches my attention. I wish I had learned how to play the violin, honestly. But I didn't know then that I would love it as much as I do now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I I love the violin. So. Yeah. I mean, I can always learn. Just, you know, time and effort and money. Okay. Just, you made me think of a movie scene, and this happens. People who know me personally know that I can think of a movie scene for anything. Uh, and this just happened again. Um, all right. Do you watch vampire movies at all? Yes. Okay, are you a Queen of the Damned fan? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you remember the violin scene? Yes. Okay. That was a key component to the story. It was, and, yes. And uh, you just you talking about that brought back those visuals of that scene. Um, yeah. yeah. Very. If, you, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Queen of the Damned, uh, it's a, I consider it to be a, a beautiful work of art. It's not to the. It's not as loyal to the books as most movies are not, unless there's that much time and effort poured into them, such as say Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, maybe you know various types. But you know, for what it, for what it was, I think it was a very good piece of art. That's just me personally, and you know, our guests think so too. So there's some validity to it, you know, on some level. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's what you would play. You said you also used to dance. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, what kind of dance? Um, I took ballet. Okay. And once again, I think it was also one of those things for like curriculum type thing when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So, or maybe it was something else. I just remember my sister would do cheerleading and I did not enjoy it. So <laughs> she got to do the cheerleading and then I got to do ballet and she did not enjoy that. Mm. And oh, I learned tap dancing and ballet. That's what it was. Together. Okay. Oh, wow. It's like one class after another, or how did that work out during the week? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I remember, yeah. I think I first learned tap dancing. Yeah. I remember having a recital and stuff for that. And then after that, I had, I guess I must have really enjoyed dance. So I, my mom must have had me up for ballet or something. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it. Um, it's all a blur these days. <laughs> but when I went back to college, I did take a course for ballet because usually you need to do some kind of like, um, uh, like for the health requirement thing. Like there's fencing, there's which I really wanted to do, but it was full, so I chose ballet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you you would have taken fencing over ballet. Oh yeah. Okay, now what appeased you about that more? I get to swing a sword around. <laughs> I I've, I've, haven't really trained in fencing or any of that, but I do get to participate a few times. Um, nothing like taking it like classes and stuff like one after another. But I've always been an active person. Like I've learned kung fu. I've learned. Um, really. Yeah. Okay. I didn't go very far. I learned a lot of things because growing up, I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Um, my dad was in the military, so as far as I can remember, I think I moved like seven times when I was like in the fourth grade alone. And mm. so, I don't know, whenever we would move, I guess I would learn something new or do something different. And, wow. Really? Okay. Seven times. Um, do you remember the cities that you lived in? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all kind of on the East Coast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, like... I have family that lives like all the way up in Lake Situate and family that lives all the way down in Florida. Mm. So I've just kind of like moved and then I like other cousins that live in like New Jersey. So I've just like, I've moved around and like lived in a lot of different places. So when people like <laughs> ask me where I'm from, I'm like, oh sure, why not? Let's, <laughs> let's play this game. Um, what, do you, what do you most consistently say? Oh, I just usually say Boston. Yeah. And some people are just like, oh, well, you don't really have an accent. And I was like, give me a minute. Because um, I also apparently slip into other accents that I don't even know I have. Oh, wow. Like what? What have you been told? Oh, I slip into an English accent or sometimes I slip into an Irish accent. I can I can hear the Irish sometimes. Don't yeah. ask me where it came from. No one in my family is straight anything. <laughs> We're all mutts. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like... Like just one like one time when I was hanging out with my friend, um, she was in my room and I think I was on my bed and she was on my computer chair and I was on my laptop and she was on my computer and we were like going back and forth about like music videos and stuff and so I like put my laptop on her lap uh -huh. instead of mine to show her something and she's like stop <laughs> using me as a table and I just like but you make such a good table and uh, she kind of went did you do that on purpose and I went. Did that come from? No. <laughs> wow. Sometimes it just like slips out, and I'm just like, I'm not doing it on purpose, and I'm not trying to make fun of people with accents. I love accents, but it's like I'm not, I'm not doing it on purpose. Oh my god! If you love accent, I'm assuming that Robin Williams is probably one of your favorite, most favorite oh, comedians. Yeah. You know, like, oh man.
Because he did improv like nothing. Like it was so effortless and I he was so fluid. I can't do an accent if I try. Yeah? Yeah, no. You just did one. I know. That's because I've done it before. Everyone who's heard this podcast is going to point out, she just did it. She just did it. Yeah. I know it. That, the first time I did it was by accident. That's why I can redo it. <laughs> After that, I'm just like, don't ask me to say a different sentence in the same connotation or accent. I won't, I'll be like, hold on, give me a minute. Let me, let me, let me YouTube this to see someone else's. Nope. <laughs> no, because you know what? Um, that means you've just, I think, like a lot of other people, including myself, you're, you have that type of, I think energy is the best way to describe it, that you can, you can pick up on other people's energy so easily that if you're around someone long enough, it just, it just sinks in a little bit. Yeah. Like, um, personally, I've lived in the Midwest, Southeast, and now the Northeast, and I have people to this day that tell me that sometimes I'll sound like I'm from Michigan, sometimes I sound like I'm from Tennessee, and sometimes I sound like I grew up here. I was course, saying how yeah. I was visiting family down in Florida, and uh, someone was like, oh, you don't really pronounce your R's. They'll say, park the car in Harvard Yard. I was like, sure, I could park the car in Harvard Yard, except it's illegal. <laughs> so, <laughs> sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. Yeah, I remember um, there was a time when I did a fast food drive through and I would do voiceovers to the customers. And that was so much fun. Uh, to this day, um, I remember, because this is in the rural south at the time. It, I mean, I was already living in the rural part of the south, but the places I was working at was even more rural than that. So all it took was, um, say, a stereotypical gay accent or an extremely <laughs> southern draw that was exaggerated. Or I would just, sometimes I would mimic the customer not on purpose, just because I would just pick up their accent so easily. And then my coworkers are laughing. I'm going, I'm sorry, it's, it just happened, you know? But usually the person in the drive-thru didn't even notice. Yeah. But I remember, um, you know, sometimes uh, the water boy was the most... <laughs> was... I know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, um, Bobby Boucher seemed to be the one that could get a lot of people either really confused or really irritated. <laughs> sometimes they actually laughed, um, but it was just fun to see the reaction sometimes. And of course, I was of course working at a place that had a lot of time on our hands sometimes. So this is the kind of things that we did, you know? <laughs> um, mm, yeah. uh, I had a manager there at one point, he would do the Monty Python voice. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he would always go, do you have any spam? <laughs> 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 it's, I just, you know, or he would do Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, hello, dear, you know, <laughs> some kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so one time, he's, I'm just thinking of all these visuals at the same time, because you ever had flashbacks like that? Oh, where, yeah, totally. Like one thing would trigger 10 different memories at once, but to articulate one of them, you almost can't because it's so much at one time. Yeah. Like that happens to me a lot sometimes, it seems. Mm. Um, what are some of your, uh, what would you say some of your most artistic experience, what would you say your most, your first big artistic inspiration as a kid? Because I know you talked about reading, but as far as doing things for yourself, was it the journaling of the dream? Did that lead um, to other things? Or what was the first thing that really triggered that creativity in your mind? So I was always really into like, 
drawing and painting and stuff as like any child does with crayons. So mm. I actually, um, when I went to like high school, I went to a vocational high school, and that was uh, the vocation I chose was um, graphic communication. So it was pretty much art. So I learned how to like paint, draw, and um, it was also somehow paired with computers too. So <laughs> I, I learned a lot of stuff, but um, like to be able to get into it, you had to like prove you could do something. So mm. for like the week that you were there, um, they let you use anything you wanted and to show your artistic talent to see if like you know a lot of people wanted to get in. So what makes you good enough to be in this department? So mm. um, I. Just I always loved like you know art and stuff. I'm not the best artist, still ain't. Um, no. no such thing as the best artist. True, true. You know, Everything's it, practice. Yeah, it's subjective, you know. Yeah, but um, so I can I'm really good when it comes to copying, and I don't mean tracing. I mean like <laughs> show me something and I can draw it. Yeah. And I can draw it really well. Um, okay. But ask me to draw something from scratch, and I'll be like. Give me a few days. Um, mm. But I'm really good at also being able to f look at something that's incomplete and not critique it, but like be like, this is, do this. Mm -hmm. And like fix stuff. So a lot of the times, even the like senior uh, students would come up to me and go, what do you think of this? And then I'd give them my feedback and be like, you should do this, move that over there, you should erase that, and try these colors instead. And I never really like knew, you know, what the difference was, but I'd be like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And then I'd be like, "How do I do that? Where do I start?" And I'm just like, "I don't." Uh. But yeah. <laughs> answer answer your question, though. I, I completely forgot. It was because yeah. when I was a child and I used to read storybooks, I used to not trace, but the storybook that I was reading, I used to try and draw the characters from the storybook onto yeah. another paper. Or, like, when I first learned how to trace. And then after that, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then I tried drawing it without tracing, and I could do it really well. Uh -huh. And I was like, well, that's really cool. And then if I tried to do it without any reference, I'd be like, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. So that's where it first came from. Oh, okay. Nice. Now, what, what followed after that? Um, wanting to paint, draw, color, any of that kind of stuff. Um, I got into comics as a kid because of my older brother. Mm -hmm. So being able to see like, you know, the artwork that went from like, you know, black and white into like color and stuff like that and mm -hmm. how they were able to do it. Like, you know, and almost any child loves a coloring book. So yeah. it's just, you know, all that kind of stuff just like built up and I wanted to be an artist when I grew up. So um, yeah, that's where that led into. Okay. Now, do you have you remember any of your favorite comics? Oh, Spider-Man. Ah, okay. My some of the some of mine too. Some of mine too. Mm. Uh, I still have a couple of my old Spider-Man comics. Yeah. Do yeah. you remember which uh, kind? Which ones? Um, it's been a while. The one with the vampire dude in it. Mm, that probably doesn't narrow it down. Um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of who you're talking about. Cause I can't remember. I'd have to actually pull it out to look at it because it's been so long since I've thought okay. or read it. Because <laughs> I don't really read my comics anymore. They just keep them in the drawer. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you, you, they're going to be worth some money at some point. Because, Maybe. No, because a lot of things are... Re making resurgences, I think. Yeah, if I could find my original 151 Pokemon cards, I'd probably be all set for life. I just don't know where my binder went. It's probably buried in my room under yeah. a book. 
That's yeah. Oh, I was really into Pokemon as a child. Yeah. Too, so. Okay. Like I collected like all the cards. I played all the games. Really. Um, I still play the games. Who's your favorite character? Character? Yeah. You mean Pokemon, or do you mean like actual character? Pokemon. All right, my hmm. from the original 151, I'll choose from that. Okay. Um, Arcanine. Arcanine. Yeah. Now, what is it about Arcanine that you love so much? He's a giant fire dog. <laughs> it's so he's a big, fluffy, puffy dog that's larger than a horse. So uh-huh. that's his final evolution. Yeah. Um, so it's a dog that can like breathe fire and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, and if you wanted to, you could jump on its back and ride it like a horse and like take off. <laughs> <laughs> and why so, wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. You know. I mean, otherwise I would choose like Ponytail or Rapidash, which is a fire horse. But you know, I like dogs or yeah. wolves or like canines. So, did you grow up with animals in your house? Not really, because all the places that we used to live didn't really, like, allow pets. Um, I vaguely remember, like, my mother's side of the family used to have a lot of, like, uh, German Shepherds. Um, my mom used to raise cockatoos. The small ones. Is that cockatoo or cockatiel? It's been a while since I've thought not, about that. I'm not sure, but I remember I had some of those myself growing up. That was, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Again, more visuals. You're, you're triggering a lot of them right now. And Keep so going. And so I've always loved animals. Okay. Um, I love. I used to have a cat, and I've just. I've always loved animals, and I have like. Um, my mother's side of the family has like Native American blood in it. It's a really small portion, so mm-hmm. it's either Sioux or Cherokee. I can't remember which of the two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I said before, no one in my family is 100% anything. Right. So, right. Um. Because of that, I was, like, really into horses and wolves and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. um, for symbolism and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So, would you say, uh, wolves are your favorite symbol, as far as that goes? Or Um, dogs in general? Either wolves or owls. Yeah? Now, what about those two animals? Um, wolves, mainly because of, just off the top of my head of why I like them, is because of their strength, their independence, but also their ability to be able to support one another and take care of one another. Mm-hmm. But also to live alone if they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, owls, because they're, well, most people think wise is the, the top thing, but they're also great hunters as well as um, they can fly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Being fly has its advantages, that's oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Wrong button. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. And it's going to go in one of two directions, I'm sure. I think I know the answer, but I'm just going to ask it anyways because this is just my personal curiosity for everyone that I vibe with on this show. Uh, what is your experience with professional wrestling? Um, I know who The Rock is. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Yeah. My sister used to be really into it, and probably my brother too. Um, so that's about as much as I know about it because she used to watch it, but I never mm. really did. I know a few other people like in passing that enjoy uh-huh. it and talk about it, and I'm just like, oh, oh, that's cool. Me. Yeah. Uh huh. I have no idea what's going on. So <laughs> I've, I've seen it. I haven't watched it on purpose, but, uh, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> now, you said you know who The Rock is. Now, how old were you when you were introduced to The Rock? When was The Rock still wrestling? He still wrestles. 
shit. Um, <laughs> but I uh, was to be in to be fair, school, to be probably. fair, real quick, I don't mean to cut you off, but to be fair, he doesn't wrestle a full schedule. He wrestles, <laughs> he makes movies, and then he wrestles sometimes. Did not know so. that. <laughs> Learned something new. Yeah. Um, no, I was probably in high school around that time when girls usually put up posters of boys and stuff, which I never did. But my sister did because <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were hanging pictures of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And my brother used to talk about certain people. Hulk Hogan. I know that name, too. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much everyone in the world knows at least one of those two names, yeah. if not both. So, like, I know they used to watch them. Uh, and I, I think it might have been around like high school, so I have no idea. How long ago that was? <laughs> well, I know the um, The Rock debuted in November of 1996. He was still a rookie. Uh, his name was Rocky Maivia. And that was based off of a mixture of his father and his grandfather's name. Uh, his father's name was Rocky Johnson. He died. Uh-huh. He passed away, I believe it was earlier this year. Oh. Um, and his grandfather... Um, the great chief Peter Maivia. So it was Rocky Maivia, a combination of that. Um, he didn't become The Rock until, I believe it was in mid-97. Yeah, so it might have been around then. Because I remember like him doing that catchphrase, can you smell what The Rock is cooking, and stuff like that. Yeah. So like it was around maybe around that time, like 1997 or 1998. Um, okay. I'd have to actually really think about that. Yeah, well, the first time, the first time he used it, was actually in an interview at, a, at WrestleMania 14, which took place in Boston. Mm-hmm. And he was in an interview. Uh, whoever's listening to this is probably going to be like, you don't know your facts. It's okay. I, I said I know a lot. I didn't say I know everything. I don't remember everything. I have to still Google sometimes, too. It's okay. <laughs> if we wanted to be exact, we'd have timetables and stuff in front of us. Yeah, you know, but this is just free, This is just casual talk and based off of what's on our brain, you know. Yeah. Um, but there was, he was in an interview. I remember there was a blonde lady. I know that she was famous for interviewing a lot of people. <laughs> uh, but he was giving an interview, and that was the first time he used it. Uh, and it was in yeah March of '98, and it just it's evolved into this whole. That was in '98. It's 2020, yeah. and he can still do that in front of a crowd. He can do it on Instagram, and people are commenting, yeah, you know, and people are doing impressions of it and everything. Like, mm-hmm. there's a whole generation of people that know how to do impersonations of The Rock, mm-hmm. just as a wrestler, and you know he became such a Hollywood movie star. That's more than likely why you know about him. Because if he just remained in wrestling, you probably wouldn't know about him as much. Same thing with Hogan. Oh, yeah, no. If he wasn't in movies, I wouldn't really know him. But I would have only because my sister used to hang up posters of him from wrestling magazines or something. Yeah. Have you seen any movies that he was in? Mm. Which ones? Do you remember? Um, uh, what was the most recent one I saw? Uh, Rampage? Rampage. Okay, I haven't seen that one yet. Is it good? Uh, that's the one where he's works at like a zoo or something, and there's a gorilla there that he can sign like speak in sign language to. I think okay. is that what it's called? Rampage. I think that's the movie. And uh, maybe yeah. Some kind of experiment goes wrong, and the thing grows into like Godzilla size. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Um, it sounds it sounds like it has kind of a King Kongish type feeling to it. Oh yeah, totally. Okay. Um, I think 
it, it was just kind of like an action flick thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I've seen some of his uh, movies myself. Because um, it's... Now, have you heard any, say, wrestling themes that you knew were wrestling themes and you were like, oh, I like the sound of that? Nope. No? Okay. I'll have to let you listen to some stuff. I started to be like, what's a wrestling theme? Yeah. <laughs> that should answer the question. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. Um, it, it's funny because... Um, it's also possible that I just don't know, but I have heard it. Right. And it's funny because lo- wrestling themes today are very different from what they used to be. Like Today, they're... Today they're more. There's more of a partnership between artists that are out there putting their music out there, mm-hmm. and then the wrestlers who say, "Hey, I would love your song to be my entrance theme," yeah, or vice versa, you know, on some level. Uh, but back in the older days of wrestling, it was purely individual for some people. There were you had actual composers like in, you know, the WWE now used to be the WWF. Um, Jim Johnston, you know, he's the gentleman who used to compose the music for a lot of the different wrestlers. So a lot of the wrestling themes that came out that people to this day still know, they're classics. You know, like Bret Hart and um, all. I mean, various kinds of uh, like there's there's whole labels and records that are full of nothing but music that he composed. Um, but yeah. Um, just speaking of music in general, what kind of music are you into? Um, I mentioned earlier I like Lindsay Sterling, who's a violinist, but uh, she also partners with other stuff and other people. So mm-hmm. majority of it's all instrumental, but some of it does have words and other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like, um, have you ever heard of Nate Wants a Battle? That sounds familiar too. I probably have. He's kind of like a gamer person who will uh, redo some music. Like he'll take some songs from like ending or openings in Japanese, and they'll get translated, or he'll translate them. Uh-huh. I'm not 100 percent sure, but then he'll actually sing the redo the music. He plays a, a ton of instruments, and so uh-huh. he'll um, like recompose the music to as close as possible, or create like a rock variant of it, and he'll sing the songs and like create a, like a single for that one so that it's like been translated as well as uh, some of them just game themed as opposed to actually being a song um then there's just um uh a, a lot of different things I mean I like a lot of different music the only music I don't really enjoy too much is rap and yeah. that's only because the majority of the ones that I usually end up hearing is what my brother used to listen to and so I'm just like I don't like that um yeah. <laughs> so I don't know I got you. Um, now, you said, uh, I mean, there's, and the thing is, that's not necessarily saying that you hate the artist or you hate the genre in, in general. Like, you know, yeah. you've just been exposed to certain types that, okay, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah, like my brother I mean? hates country because me, my mom, and my sister love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he's just like, I can't stand it because we listened to it so much growing up. So he's just like, I'm sick of it. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I feel the same way because whenever I get in his car, uh, he'd just be playing rap. And I'm like, I'm sick of it. I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not so, that I hate it. It's just that I'd rather listen to something else. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I understand. I understand. Um, do you have any favorite country? Do you have any favorite country artists? Personally? Um... I guess um, Carrie Underwood. Uh-huh. I think is my favorite. I 
I don't know. I just listened to like a lot of different stuff, so I yeah. don't really remember names as much as I should. So you're more of a sound person. Like if I like it, I like it. Yeah. Um, I buy some uh, complete like CDs and uh, volumes or whatever, but sometimes I'll just buy singles because I I hear it and go, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, it's funny. I grew up with. Uh, I grew up listening to country and oldies. Was my parents' personal preference for me growing up. Um, I was fortunate enough to experience various decades of music throughout my family. Um, my dad, fifties and sixties music. My mom, fifties, sixties, and part of the seventies music. Uh, my aunt and uncle, seventies and eighties music. Part of the nineties music. My cousins uh, and my friends, 80s and 90s music. So I literally got introduced to, it seems, every decade and genre of music from a very early age on. And so it's interesting that, you know, you go around different people. I've always found this fascinating. You go around different people and some people have one or two types that they only listen to and then other people have several types. Because I I'm, I enjoy doing this a lot. I'll I'll put music on uh, where I'm at sometimes, and I'll ask somebody, "Hey, what type of music do you would you like to hear, or what type of music do you listen to?" And a lot of people say, "Oh, I listen to it all, man. I listen to it all." <laughs> but what's amusing about that is a lot of people think they listen to it all until they hear something. They go, "Eh, can you change that?" Yeah. <laughs> Just for me, music is a little bit different um, as opposed to thinking about a genre or a type that I like. Um, music has always been a feeling for me more than a hearing. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear music, just like with reading, it's like I get sucked into the music. It's like um, I might not even know like the words I'm singing if it's in a different language because I don't know, just listen to you know English music. I listen to like I've listened to like um, Chinese, German, like. Um, Japanese and like a couple of different like you know ethnicities and stuff like that um I just it uh, like if it resonates I don't with my soul that's how I listen with a lot of music I um, mm-hmm. I just I enjoy it a lot I can listen to a song on repeat for like hours yeah and that's why I wear headphones so I don't annoy people around me um <laughs> because there's just that one song that like resonates with me for like days mm-hmm. and then I like listen to it until I get sick of it and then I I don't delete it. I just listen to it some other time and I listen to something else or I listen to a lot of stuff at once. But um, like some music will just like get me really active and I'll either want to start working out or I want to go for a walk or I'll even want to start like, you know, exercising or just sometimes when I find a book that I like, I'll listen to music at the same time and then for some reason it's then it's like that is now the soundtrack to that book. <laughs> like whenever I hear that music, I start thinking of that book. <laughs> And then I'm like, wait, that wasn't a TV show with, like, sound in the background? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I totally get that because I'm that way. When I listen to certain music soundtracks or sound scores, I enjoy that because, for me, I clearly I clearly love the movie or the show that much that when I watch that show, that music implanted that memory that visual in my head mm-hmm. it allowed that to happen same thing with music videos yeah there's a lot of music videos that you can tell when you watch them you know what they knew what they were doing yeah because now i like the song even better you know have you ever heard the 
Oh, what's it by? Twerp, I think, and it's uh, Starlight Brigade. I think is the name of the song. That sounds familiar. They made an like cartoon music video that takes you back to like uh, you you. It's not a show, but you would think it was a show based off of just watching that like music video, yeah. because it looks like the same animation style as like Thundercats or like Voltron, <laughs> like way back in the day. Like really? I was like, oh, nostalgic feels of a show I've never seen because it doesn't exist. <laughs> but it looks. Are you thinking so gorillas? Mm -mm. Okay. Nope. Nope, uh, uh, it's uh, by Twerp, I believe, and it's okay. Starlight Brigade, and like it's on YouTube, and you can yeah, find I'll it. have to check that out. But yeah. it's so good, it's so good. I uh, a couple months ago I found it, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. So then I started listening to more of their music. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, we've learned today that Wrong Button enjoys playing instruments, various types, for various reasons, experimented in drawing and coloring, and loves to read and sleep more than anything else in the world. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a Garfield that enjoys books as well. <laughs> um, it's funny, you mentioned uh, drawing earlier. Um, just before we leave, because uh, we're coming to a conclusion here, I just want to give a shout out to my uh, Tree, uh, PW, amazing freehand artist, uh, arts and crafts maker. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I remember seeing her do calligraphy paint things, she's painted things onto ornaments, she's painted ceramics with my mom when they had their own small business together at one point. Um, you know, it's just, there's so many things that so many different artists can do that aren't on a mainstream awareness to people, that unless you have that close encounter, even if it's just one time, but I was lucky enough to have the consistent close encounter with, um, the type of artistry that someone like my aunt can do. Um, I think it's just a beautiful thing when you can witness someone do that. And it's just so effortless on how they do it too. You know, um, like have you ever witnessed someone do a live painting or a live drawing someplace? And it's just, wow, so. they weren't even trying. And But some of them will tell you, oh yeah, I was, you know, you can pick their brain apart and it's a whole different mm. concept to itself. Um, so yeah, just a, a good shout out to my aunt uh, for that exposure of the kind of freedom that an artist can have when just given the time and space to do what they wish to do and desire. Um, and also, I want to say that I appreciate you, wrong button, for um, being able to share this time in this space with us for this show. Because um, I knew that, you know, you helped me with another project that I was doing a while back. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated that. And so I was thinking in my head to ask you, oh, wow, um, I wonder if she would like to do this show too. And so I was like, hey, I'll give it a shot. I'll ask her, you know. And so what did you think about when I first asked you, like, hey, would you, you know, you helped me with this project. You want to help with this one too? Like, Yeah, well, I thought it was interesting. Also, like, a little weird because I'd never done any kind of podcast thing before. So I was like, oh, so why not? And 
you know, I had a good time with you last time with the project, and I figured it would probably be just as pleasant this time. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely was pleasant, and I appreciate your time. And if you're still listening to us, um, we definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule because you could be doing anything else in the world at this very moment, no matter who you are or where you are. If you're hearing this podcast, you're hearing me say these words to you right this minute. And we appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, this is AWE, Art Without Ego podcast. And we have just interviewed Wrong Button. <laughs> I can't, I'm saying this over and over because I don't think I'll ever be able to really call you this again. So this is just, I'm savoring the moment while it's still here. <laughs> um, so um, in conclusion to the show, everybody, once again, thank you. And art will be without ego for all time. And remember, there is no hierarchy in self-expression. Peace and love.